0: Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Suzanne Blumson. The US Federal Aviation Administration has followed China, Europe and Canada in grounding Boeing's fleet of 737 MAX aircraft following two fatal crashes, raising questions about why it took so long for the US to act. Katie Martin discusses what we know so far with Sylvia Pfeiffer and Josh Spiro
1: issuing an emergency order of prohibition to ground all flights of the 737 MAX 8 and the 737 MAX 9, and planes associated with that line. I've spoken to Elaine Chao, Secretary of Transportation. And Dan so, well,
0: Sylvia, we just heard Donald Trump making his announcement about the grounding of Boeing's 737 MAX in US airspace on Wednesday. Can you take us through the timeline of events, perhaps starting with when the MAX 8 first went into service?
1: Yes, so the Max Eight is a variant of the seven three seven aircraft that Boeing launched in the nineteen sixties. It was one what has been one of those sort of best selling aircraft. The Max Eight first launched in twenty seventeen. What happened last year in October is that Lion Air, an Indonesian airline, crashed shortly after takeoff and killed all hundred and eighty nine people on board. Now what's happened this week is that on Sunday an Ethiopian Airlines crashed, also killing everybody on board. That event has now triggered a worldwide ban of the aircraft, starting with the Chinese and ending with the Americans yesterday. So,
0: air crashes unfortunately do just happen. But from what we know so far, what are the similarities
1: between these two crashes that are getting
0: authorities concerned?
1: Just to stress, we don't know anything definitive. The black boxes are still being examined by the accident investigators. But What we do know is that both accidents took place in the same phase of flight shortly after takeoff, and pilots on the Ethiopian Airlines reported flight control problems, which was the same case with Lion Air back in October. So there's been a lot of debate
0: around the aircraft's automated stall prevention feature, which is called the MCAS, After the Lion Air crash, some pilots in the US complained they'd been unaware of
1: this feature. What exactly are their concerns and how long have they been kicking around for? These concerns first surfaced after the line Air crash in October, where a lot of pilots in the US said that they weren't aware of the feature. It hadn't been in any of their training manuals or hadn't been explicitly specified in the training manuals. Some of them were saying earlier this week that now that they know it exists and they know how to deal with it and specifically how to counteract it if it does take effect, some of them were saying to me they thought this aircraft was still safe to fly.
0: Right. So what would you say and what would people in the industry say about the way the management
1: of Boeing has handled this crisis? I think there are mixed opinions out there. I mean, I think it's always difficult to react in these sorts of circumstances, but their reputation is definitely on the line. And some suggest that Boeing should have acted immediately after the crash on Sunday. They should have come out and said, we're banning this aircraft. There have now been two crashes in less than six months. We don't really know what the causes yet of the second one, will ban the aircraft. And others have sort of made the point that Boeing should have waited for the US regulator to come out and ban them, which is what happened yesterday. So a bit of a mixed view out there, but equally it doesn't look good for Boeing in terms of reputation at the moment.
0: No, and its share price has obviously taken a hit. The rating agency Fitch has warned that the crisis could become a systemic issue with lengthy groundings and delivery delays and order cancellations. What is the potential scale of the damage to Boeing?
1: Nobody's really putting a number on it at the moment. I mean, the shares, as you say, they've tanked um, or they dropped steeply. They lost about $26 billion worth in terms of market cap. Nobody has yet cancelled an order for the 7378. But the entire family, and there are four variants, is a very big earner for Boeing. It's racked up around 5,000 orders so far, worth around $600 billion. So it's a big earner, you know, big potential hit to it. Speaking of hits, Josh, what are the
0: losses that international airlines that have ordered the MAX 737s, what's the impact on them?
2: So those that have them in service already will be facing costs on several fronts. We've had one, not quite definitive figure, but quite clear figure from TUI, the travel operator which has an airline that has five MAX 8s, which it's grounded, and they said it's going to cost €3 million a week. Likely, So we know that that 600,000 euros per aircraft, that's quite a lot of money. But what that consists of is various things. So a lot of airlines don't own their aircraft, they lease them. And you have to pay rent or you have to pay your lease fee, even if you're not using it. So you're paying the fee, but you're not getting any cash in. You've got to pay your staff because they can't necessarily transfer from one type of aircraft to another. You have to pay parking fees. It's expensive enough to park a car in London. Can you imagine trying to park an aircraft at Heathrow or wherever? And then, of course, the passengers. You have to reroute them. You might have to put them onto other services. You might be liable for compensation under certain European schemes. So all of these costs mount up. And one consultancy has estimated that they think it will cost $150,000 a day per aircraft grounded. Now, there are lots of variables in there, and we have yet to see. But clearly, the longer these planes are grounded, the more it's going to cost.
0: Not that people's holiday plans are necessarily the most important thing in these sorts of circumstances, but what is the impact on the travel industry and how much disruption is this likely to cause and where do we know?
2: Not that there's ever a good time for a crash, but the fact that it happened now, in the winter schedule, towards the tail end of the winter schedule, means that there are fewer planes flying, so there is a bit more spare capacity. So if an airline can't use, for Norwegian, for example, can't use its Max 8s, so it's substituting on some of its routes its 787 Dreamliner. So that will take some of the strain. But it depends how long this goes on for, because if this carries on into the summer schedule, which actually starts at the end of the month, when planes and when flights ramp up, then they could find it very pressing. There are other places they can get planes from. They can wet lease them, as it's called, from third parties which supply them with the planes and with the crew, hence the wet leasing, dry leasing is without the crew, those are expensive. And of course, competition for those, if all of these planes are grounded, means that the prices of those will undoubtedly go up. So it could be hugely expensive for them on several fronts.
0: Mm. And so, Josh, do we know who are the main customers here and where will the buck stop? Is it the airlines that will end up taking these costs or will Boeing have to help them in some way?
2: Boeing, I think, ultimately is going to have to help them. But the question is, how long does that help take to come? Is there a legal case? Are there contractual wranglings that have to happen first? So we know that some of the biggest airlines, with or the airlines with the biggest orders, I think American, United, Southwest, Norwegian have a tenth of their fleet at the moment, but they also have, so that's 18, but they also have 92 on order. Now, Ryanair is interesting because they have 135 on order and due to start arriving fairly soon. Ryanair obviously has big expansion plans over the next few years, Is it going to be able to keep up with those in the short term if it has all of these planes? There are some airlines which have very strong balance sheets and will be absolutely fine. They can take the hit because they know they'll get it back. It might not look pretty in the short term. There are other airlines, not naming any, that will find it much harder to sustain this kind of loss on a consistent basis.
0: Finally, Sylvia, we know that Donald Trump's budget this week proposed a cut to the Federal Aviation Administration in spite of the fact that its air traffic control system remains years behind many of its counterparts. What's more, the FAA lacks a chief after Mr Trump failed to get approval for his own nominee. What kind of pressure is the FAA under?
1: The FAA is definitely under the microscope at the moment. Um, a lot of people saying it was too slow to act. Notably, the Chinese regulator was the first one on Monday to ban the aircraft from its own airspace, quickly followed by other countries around the world, and then EASA, the European regulator, on Tuesday. Some people are saying the agency's understaffed, underfunded, Others are saying that the FAA was right to wait to get some sort of evidence on the cause of the second crash. There has been some mention of new satellite imagery that has come out which might have been one of the reasons why the FAA together with President Trump on Wednesday decided to ground the aircraft in the States. Those people, those supporters of the FAA are sort of saying it was right that the agency didn't bow to political pressure that had been building up in Washington um, since the Europeans banned the aircraft not to act um, and to to wait for the facts. Um, Having said, that we still don't really know why the aircraft crashed. But what we can say is that the prestige of the $850 billion aviation industry in the US has definitely taken a hit this week.
0: That was Katie Martin talking to Sylvia Pfeiffer, Acting Industry Editor, and Josh Spiro, Transport Correspondent. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, you can find our latest subscription offers at ft.com offer.